You're listening to highlights from One Planet Podcast's interview with Amy Vitali, a contracted photographer with National Geographic magazine. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. I think that the greatest thing you could have is just empathy and sensitivity and treading lightly, because I think that that is a mistake people can make. Um, but I will say as a woman, I know that I get access to different kinds of stories. And so there have been times in my life when I, I could tell right away, I wasn't going to get access as a woman working in, you know, very conservative cultures. There were just certain things that I wasn't allowed into worlds that I wasn't allowed to see. And I actually thought that was a great advantage for me because it made me look, turn around and look for different stories. And I realized that while I was being shut out in some ways from some stories, there were other stories that I had beautiful access to that maybe my male colleagues didn't. And that I've always felt drawn to telling the stories of, of women and the particular hardships and, and issues that they deal with around the world. After covering conflicts for almost a decade, I had this profound moment when I began to realize and see this connection that every single conflict was deeply connected to the natural world in some way. You think about it, everything is about our resources. The environment, the planet, even wildlife is a part of the human existence. When so when the environment and the natural world starts to fall apart, people suffer too. And I realized that in almost every conflict I had been covering, the story of the natural world was being left out. And it was deeply interconnected to all of the other issues that I was covering of the human experience. And for example, I started to cover the, the poaching crisis and I realized, you know, it was always being defined as this conflict, a war on the poachers. And actually, when you start to dig deeply into that story, you understand that it's very complex, essential big pieces of that story were being left out, which were in that case, the indigenous communities living with the wildlife, their environments started to fall apart. Because when you take these keystone species out, when they start to become locally extinct from an environment, the whole ecosystem starts to fall apart. The landscape suffers it then causes problems for their own livestock, which then ripples into their own livelihoods and their own families. And it's, it's complicated, but I started to understand over time, you know, I could go to places and see over a couple of decades, how, how profoundly destructive all of this can be. Well, I started Vital Impacts out of a desire not just to talk about the challenges that we all face, but to do something about it. I think that we're often left with this question like, okay, we know all of this is happening, but what do I do? And I felt this sense of helplessness, like watching all of these things at the same time. I also know there are amazing people and amazing progress happening kind of in these grassroots organizations where people are on the ground, actively making profound changes, positive changes. And so 
they need support, they need money. And I realized that I had this ability to connect all these amazing artists and ask them to support these grassroots organizations through the sale of their fine art prints. And I happened to be lucky enough to know um, some of the most incredible artists on the planet. And I rallied them all together and created a, um, it first began just as a print sale. And then I realized that I needed to turn this into a nonprofit and actually start more programs as well. But um, I, I think that art is powerful. Art transcends language. It allows us to create understanding between communities and cultures and countries. You can immediately see an image and understand these universal truths. And I think there is great power to that. And so I just want to use art to change the world in a very positive way. And I'm, I'm really proud. We've actually, you know, it began as print sales that I just did with my own work, but um, I believe we are now coming up on over four and a half million dollars that um, I've just, Eileen and I have done together and raised for really incredible grassroots work um, on the ground. And I want people to look at these images in their homes every day, wake up and think about this beautiful world that we live in. We are so, we have this beautiful planet and it, you know, it's not too late. I think if you only look at the world through the television or news, it looks hopeless. But I have to say that I spend the majority of my life in, you know, different places on the ground, in the field, working with the most extraordinary people. And I have such great hope that we are smart. We are going to figure out our greatest challenges, but only if we work together. And I think Vital Impacts is a metaphor for that. It's about bringing people together and realizing that we have so much more in common than the things that separate and divide us. And if we remember that and focus on what we can do together, that's the only way forward. I've learned so much from these animals. It's amazing to me. I actually use some of the lessons I've learned from animals with the way I communicate with people. And I think sometimes, you know, I get so excited about something and I realize that you need to slow down and give space for others and let them also share a bit of who they are. And it's the same thing with animals. Um, and they're incredibly intelligent. I mean, I'll give one story about working with the elephants, but they, um, they have deep empathy. They have intelligence um, and not just elephants. I mean, I can't stand when people think that some creatures don't have intelligence. They have just very different ways of communicating. But um, one story with the elephants is that I work with an organization called the Riteti Elephant Sanctuary, and the this indigenous Samburu community, um, it's owned and run by them, and they take care of these baby orphaned elephants as they come in. But something truly remarkable happened, which was uh, one of the keepers, a woman, um, had a wound on her leg that she was too busy to take care of. And so she just ignored it and just kept doing her work. And one day, one of the elephants named Linguese goes over to a mud bath and picks up some mud in his trunk and comes over and pats her leg with the mud. And elephants take care of their own wounds by packing them with mud. Now, this woman said, that's strange. 
hmm, I wonder what that's about. And then the elephant Linguese went back and got more mud and came back and packed her leg again. She later learned that her wound was going septic. She could have actually died if it had not been treated. So she went and treated this wound and, um, and afterwards realized that this elephant that she had saved, in fact, that elephant came and saved her life too. With still images, I tend to just take a few critical moments. For example, like when I took the picture of the last moment of Sudan, the last Northern male white rhino moments before he passed away, saying goodbye to Jojo, his keeper. And they, there was this beautiful, tender moment. Later, National Geographic wanted to put that image on the cover of the magazine. And they asked me for all the pictures of that scene. And as it turns out, I only took two frames. And I put my camera down because I knew that it was a terribly sensitive moment and that I did not want to take any more pictures. And Jojo told me he didn't even know I took the picture uh, because it happened. So, so, you know, I just was really quiet and, and aware of, aware of the presence of the camera. So I think, I think to be a good storyteller, it's really important to know that it can be, it's like a double-edged sword. I think on the one hand, photography is incredibly powerful and it can do so much to change the world in a beautiful way. At the same time, it can be very destructive. And so I'm aware of that power and always thinking about it and thinking about what stories and images I'm creating and what the message is behind them. Oh, it's always been very emotional for me. I, I definitely think that it is, you know, of course I have to, I'm always thinking about how to tell the story. So I'm not always thinking about how to make the beautiful images. I, I mean, I want the images to be beautiful and touch people, but I also am thinking about how to convey the story that I am being told by the the people or, you know, the, the landscape or whatever it may be, there's a story there. And I think the story is as important as, um, you know, as an image being beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that sometimes the images can feel literal, but I'm always trying to weave in other things that will. And I think part of it is like to be emotional you have to be physically close. So you will see in my images that I'm never using long lenses and far away from people or animals. I just really believe that I'm trying to show that connection that people have with the land around them or with the wildlife or with each other. And to show that effectively, I really need to be close. And to be close means that you have to have their trust and that takes time. And so the secret to my work is very simple. It's just that I spend incredible amounts of time to tell one story. I think it just takes time for people to feel comfortable enough to almost forget the cameras there. And so that is something I just work towards a lot is just, I feel like you can look at an image and immediately sense, almost smell if it's authentic or not. I can see when photographers are asking people to pose or do something in a certain way, there's something that feels untrue in it. And I think we all have that ability to kind of recognize when there's authenticity in a real moment. And so I, I just spend so much time to wait for the real moments. 
I think authentic moments can be felt when you've really built the trust. They can be felt and seen immediately. We hope you've enjoyed this program and listening to the highlights of this podcast. If you'd like to get involved in One Planet podcast or learn more about environmental projects, click on the subscribe button. Thank you for listening.